0: Hello, my dark darlings, I'm Marquia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. From the dead who haunt your house to revenge exacted on bullies who provoke, we have brought you 200 podcasts full of terrors. From dolls with wicked souls to exorcisms on the afflicted, We have sent shivers down your spine. And here at Something Scary, we can't wait to keep giving you those chills for another 200 episodes of horror. First, a birthday gift turned into a death sentence, followed by a 4th of July nightmare. Then, a monster that lurks in the walls. Finally, in our featured story... A visit to a witch that will be life-ruining. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscaryatsnarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror, and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts, our weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, wanna hear something scary? 200 episodes of terrors. Few people share a greater connection with each other than identical twins. But sometimes, the strongest bonds are the most tempting for evil to break. Like in this story inspired by Shavy, Twin sisters Alina and Luna were expecting cell phones for their 10th birthdays. But after losing her job, it had been a difficult year for their mother. So instead, she visited a local consignment shop, hoping to find something less expensive that her daughters would still love. There was lots of junk. And as she was about to give up, she spotted the perfect gift. Later that night, the twins excitedly opened their gifts to discover that they had both been given dolls that were identical to each other. The plastic toy girl stood about a foot tall. Alina's doll wore a fluffy blue dress while Luna's wore a white one. Although they were exactly the same, Alina was terrified of Luna's doll. It seemed like there was life behind its unblinking eyes. Eventually, Alina got bored of her own doll and moved on to other toys and games. But Luna never wanted to part with hers. She was obsessed with it and named it Josephine. Alina's fear of the doll only grew as her sister gave it a name that made it even more alive. As Luna grew closer to Josephine, she grew further apart from her identical twin sister. They did not play together or even talk as much as they once did. Their mother failed to notice this rift as she was focused on finding a new job. Alina decided not to mention it to her mom for her fear it would make her more stressed than she already was. Luna's fixation with the doll, Josephine, got to the point where she sat and stared at it for hours. Soon, She even wanted to look like Josephine and wore a white dress every day so the two could match. One night, Alina opened the bedroom door and saw Luna standing alone in the dark. She was holding Josephine and still wearing the white dress. Luna looked more similar to the doll than her twin sister. Then Luna whispered something to Josephine. "'Who are you talking to, Luna?' Alina cried." Luna ignored Alina and said, You're the best sister I've ever had, Josephine. I wish you were real so we could be together forever. She then carefully placed Josephine on the bedside table and went to bed. Alina got into her own bed and when she glanced over at the scary doll, she found it looking directly at her. Luna was already fast asleep, but Alina couldn't possibly sleep with that things staring at her. So she went over to the table and turned the doll's face to the other side. She walked backwards to her bed, never taking her eyes off of it. Suddenly, Josephine turned its head towards Alina, all by itself. Alina screamed in horror. Luna leapt out of her bed, but her eyes were still closed. Alina called for her sister, but realized she was still fast asleep. Luna picked Josephine up, her hands trembling. It almost looked like she was being controlled by the doll. Josephine then moved both of its arms towards Luna's face. Alina jumped out of bed and ran to her mother's room, screaming at the top of her lungs. Her mother was confused by what her daughter was saying, so Alina took her hand and led her to the doorway of the twins' room. Luna stepped towards them, the doll still in her hands, both with the same unblinking eyes. Alina and her mother watched in terror as Luna began to convulse uncontrollably. Her skin tightened and became shiny as Luna turned into plastic and quickly shrank in size. Alina burst out in tears as she realized that Luna was no longer her twin. She was Josephine. Thank you so much for inspiring this possessed doll story, Shavy. Not only that, but a doll possessed with a type of power to be able to convert the world around it. Listener, have you ever received a gift you suspected was evil? Is there anyone in your life you're so close to, you feel like you could read their mind? Identical twins are said to be able to do that. Is there anything
1: you own that gives you the creeps? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I
0: You should not be held responsible for the sins of your parents. But sometimes you are. And you better hope you're ready for the consequences. Like in this story, inspired by PR. Last year, my parents took my sister Ivy and me on an unexpected road trip. We were driving cross-country to Yosemite National Park for the 4th of July. My parents had both been on edge during the trip, particularly my dad. Which was strange, because he was a long-distance truck driver and made these kinds of drives frequently. Once we crossed the state border into California, we stopped at a gas station. It was around midnight, and there was no one around. While my parents refilled the RV with gas, Ivy and I used the restroom. As we entered the mucky facilities, we couldn't help but notice a vile stench. It smells like someone just died, I said. I looked at Ivy, and her face was full of fear. I followed her eyes to the gap below a stall. There was someone or something in there. It was in the shape of a person, but made of thick dust and swirling gnats. The noise of the swarm swelled until it became a voice that whispered, SCARLET! That was my name. I grabbed my sister's hand and we rushed back outside to the RV. We didn't know what happened. We were both too freaked out to say anything to our parents who were already tense. We finally arrived at the campground in the early hours of the morning. The whole family tried to get some sleep before the fireworks later that night, but I couldn't rest. Every time I closed my eyes, I kept seeing the person-shaped swarm of dust and bugs, and eventually... The putrid smell of something dead would fill my nose. When I finally managed to drift into sleep, I was jolted awake by a noise outside our RV. My heart pounded as I peeked outside, but it was just my dad. He paced back and forth and muttered something to himself. When he saw my face in the window, he walked away to the other side of the camp. The next day, We toured the beautiful park ahead of the fireworks later that night. Our parents were still tense, and only seemed to pretend to have fun. As the sounds of nature surrounded us, they took on a familiar tone, and I could swear that I heard the same whisper of my name. was whispered over and over. Each time sounded more and more menacing, but no one else seemed to hear it. I tried to shake it off, thinking I was just sleep-deprived. I hoped the fireworks would cheer me up, cheer our whole family up. The sun set, and the fireworks lit up the sky. Finally, my parents were smiling real smiles. Tears welled up in my father's eyes. It was beautiful, except for the whispers still calling my name. They were somehow louder than the colorful booms that filled the sky. I thought I was crazy, until I saw it, standing just at the edge of the tree line. The swirl of gnats and dust shaped like a person. The whispers grew even louder. A cacophony of debris and insect wings screamed my name. And then it said something new. You have been marked. Sacrifice yourself, or everyone you love will perish. Suddenly I realized I was halfway across the campground and headed towards the tree line. The swarming creature compelled me to walk closer, and once I realized it was me or my family, I complied. The swarm walked towards me, and once I was close, it engulfed me. Bugs bit at me, and the dirt scraped along my skin. In agony, I tried to run, but the swarm mirrored every move I made. It was one with me, and I dared not scream lest the bugs and dirt filled my mouth. Suddenly, something grabbed me and pulled me free. It was my dad. He picked up my scratched and bitten body and ran across the campground as fireworks blazed through the sky, but still, I heard the too loud whisper calling my name. My mom and sister were already in the RV, ready to leave. My dad shoved me inside and closed me in without him. He then yelled, take me instead, damn you, as my mom sped away. I looked out the back of the RV as the swarm ran after us and my dad chased after it. Eventually, it stopped running and turned on him until all I could see was the swarm lit by the fireworks finale. My mom drove silently in tears until finally she told us about the night my dad was driving this same stretch of road. He'd been driving too long and started to drift off when... He accidentally hit and killed an old woman wandering along the side of the highway. As she died in his arms, she cursed him and said that a sacrifice had to be made or his family would perish. At first, he didn't believe it until his brother died exactly one year later. And then his mother died one year after that. This trip, Was supposed to be our last trip together as a family, and my dad planned to walk the same strip of road that night after the fireworks to make his sacrifice and break the curse. The only problem is that the curse chose me. It's been one year since that night, and as I listen to the sounds of nature whisper my name, I hope this year my sacrifice will be enough. Thank you so much, PR, for inspiring this haunting tale of family responsibility, of curses, of death. Is there anyone in your life you would sacrifice yourself for? Do you know of any ancient curses on your family or maybe someone else you know? Tell us about it at somethingscaryatsnarl.com. If you're brave enough to conquer the fears growing inside you, then you might just conquer the monsters causing them as well. Like in this story, inspired by Anna Stacy. Ever since they moved into the old house, Davina told her mother she was afraid of the dark. The girl never wanted to go to bed and insisted her mother sit with her until she fell asleep. She was only five years old, and her mother figured Davina would eventually grow out of it. But it only got worse with each passing day. Davina soon claimed that a terrifying, mangled-looking man covered in blood, with bloodshot eyes and sharp fangs, lived in her walls. She said that the man would emerge through the walls and stand over her, breathing so loudly that she was certain he was real. She told her mother that she opened her eyes just one time and was so petrified by the appearance of his maimed bloody face that she never dared to open her eyes again. Repeatedly, Davina told her mother stories about the man and about the walls and their house. She said they were alive and breathing and always watching. Davina's mother assumed She had an overactive imagination, or watched a scary movie that she wasn't supposed to see. She decided that if the stories continued, she would take her daughter to a therapist, but that all changed the night she finally saw the mangled man with bloodshot eyes. Late one night, as Davina's mother prepared to finally turn in, she checked in on her sleeping daughter and froze. There was a man stooped over Davina, watching her intently as Davina mumbled in her sleep. The girl tossed and turned as the figure leaned over her, breathing loudly. Just as her mother was about to scream, the mangled man looked right at her, and she couldn't make a sound. The man's face was made of nightmares, butchered and bloody, just as Davina had described. The man's mouth curled into a wicked smile, and he charged at the woman. She closed her eyes and stumbled backwards, preparing for the worst. but then she suddenly heard Davina's voice. Stop, Davina shouted. Audra waited for the monster to get her, but nothing happened. When she opened her eyes, she saw that it had listened to Davina and stopped just inches from her face. It leered at the woman like she was the juiciest piece of meat that it just couldn't have. Davina stood up from her bed, her eyes still clenched shut, and shouted that her mother was not to be hurt. The mangled man with bloodshot eyes cowered down at Davina's feet like a reprimanded puppy, but it glared at her like she was his next meal. Mom, close your eyes, Davina commanded. He can't hurt you unless you look at him. Now close your eyes. Davina's mother squeezed her eyes shut and kept them that way until Davina said it was safe to open them again. When she did, everything looked so normal, except for a bloody smear on the floor that continued straight up the wall. Davina's mother cried out and demanded to know if her daughter was hurt. Davina said she was fine, ...and explained that the mangled man was called Bloody Sam. He entered her room every night looking for dinner. But he would never hurt Davina, and she discovered he actually listens to her. Davina then looked at the bloody smear on the floor and wall... ...and demanded for Sam to clean up his mess. Right before their eyes, the trail of blood retreated from the floor and seeped straight through the wallpaper with a loud slurp. Davina added a, Thank you. And her mother had to take a seat on the bed. Davina explained it was probably the blood of a raccoon. She told her mother that she gave Bloody Sam rules he had to follow. He was not allowed to eat pets or people, obviously. Other than that, Davina doesn't ask questions. She just keeps her eyes shut. After that incident, Davina's mother considered selling the house and moving far away, but she realized that only her daughter knew how to control the monster. The next family to move in might not be so lucky and she couldn't live with their deaths hanging over her family. So mother and daughter lived together in the house and as both got older, Davina's mother couldn't help but wonder what would happen when her daughter finally left this world and Bloody Sam roamed free. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for this tale of Bloody Sam. Have you ever conquered any of your fears? Was it worth it? Or were there terrible consequences? Death is better left a mystery, yet we all yearn for its answers. However, the more you learn about your death, the more you will learn that you can't avoid it. Because it is the only certainty to life itself. Like in this story inspired by Nikki. When they were 13, Nikki and Annalise were inseparable. What made the two best friends so close was their insatiable curiosity for everything strange and spooky. Magic workings with herbs, spirits, and, very, very rarely, blood packs. They loved doing it all. And the one thing that always captivated them most was the old dilapidated house on Warren Way. Their parents told them to stay away from the house because a very suspicious old woman lived there. But the girls suspected something more. They had heard the woman did magic works involving curses and other forms of very dark magic. And that is what intrigued Nikki and Annalise. One day, they worked up the courage to visit the old woman. They approached the house with visions of bubbling potions and dusty spell books running through their heads. But what awaited them was something far more powerful. Before Nikki could knock on the door, it swung open with a loud creak, revealing a tiny, harmless-looking old woman. Her skin was as wrinkled as her clothes, but she had kind eyes. She welcomed them inside, asking them what had compelled them to visit her. They were silent. She asked if they wanted to maybe lay a curse on someone. They shook their heads, shrugged their shoulders. The old woman paused and then, smiling wickedly, said, Do you want to know how you will die? The girls looked at each other and their eyes widened. Annalise nodded and the woman ushered the girls to an antique lace-covered table, covered in ritualistic fare. Nikki and Annalise exchanged a look and giggled. This was exactly the kind of thing they were hoping for. But when the old woman sat down, things got serious. She held a doll that looked exactly like Annalise. Straight red hair, green eyes, and pale pink skin. The old woman examined Annalise and the doll and then closed her eyes. After an impossibly long silence, the crafty magic user spoke. You will be poisoned by the one you love most. Annalise clenched Nikki's hand under the table as they watched the little doll transform. It no longer looked like Annalise. It now had curly brown hair, brown eyes, and tawny beige skin, exactly like Nikki. They both gasped. This woman really was magical. She shushed them and then studied Nikki. She sat in silence even longer until she looked at Nikki with an almost gleeful expression on her weathered face. You will choke to death on your own hair, fed to you by a woman named Magdalena, the death teller warned. Suddenly, there was a loud thunderous crack as a gust of wind blew through the abode, sending dust and cobwebs everywhere. Both Nikki and Annalise screamed and ran as fast as they could out of the house, outside, With the wind howling around them, they finally swore their strongest blood pact to take revenge on the other's killer, even after death. A crack of thunder then had them screaming and running to their separate homes. However, soon after that, their friendship was never quite the same, and eventually, they drifted apart from each other and the occult. Nikki became paranoid and spent her youth looking over her shoulder for Magdalena the woman who might kill her with her own hair. Conversely, Annalise lived life wildly and as fully as possible, expecting her death from poison would come at any moment. A decade later, when Nikki was 23, she heard that Annalise married a beautiful fellow co-ed she'd met in college. But shortly after the wedding, Annalise died suddenly, a tragic accidental poisoning the death teller's prediction had come true. Nikki decided to fly home to visit Annalise's family. She felt guilty that she'd grown apart from her best friend all those years ago. And honestly, more than a little part of her hoped she could figure out a way to avoid the horrific death promised. As she drove through her old neighborhood, she passed through Warren Way to catch a glimpse of the death teller's old house. It was long gone replaced with a small duplex. Nikki breathed a sigh of relief as she made her way to Annalise's family home. Before Nikki could knock on the door, it swung open on its own. Inside, the house was dark and dusty, as if no one lived there anymore. Nikki backed away until she saw a beautiful young woman coming down the stairway dressed in black funeral attire. It was Annalise's widow. The widow looked at her with kind eyes and said, You must be Nikki. My name is Magdalena. Suddenly, the widow's skin wrinkled, and her hair turned fully gray as she cackled. No longer a grief-stricken young lady, she became the wicked old curse-wielder from Warren Way. Nikki turned to run, but it was too late. Magdalena pinned her against the wall with unnerving strength powered by dark magics. She ripped the hair from Nikki's scalp and began shoving it down her throat. As Nikki choked to death, old Magdalena smiled. The curse she had placed on both girls a decade ago was complete. Tonight she would do a ritual with the flesh from both dead bodies and add a hundred years to her own long life. But suddenly, She froze in fear as she heard a familiar voice behind her. "'Don't you want to know how you'll die, Magdalena?' one voice said, as another then added. "'Our pack screams for revenge for each other's killer, and both are you!' The now double-cursed evildoer fearfully turned to face the wrathful poltergeist of both Annalise and Nikki." best friends reunited by their decade-long blood pact in the afterlife. Nikki then smiled and accurately foretold Magdalena's death. Your life ends now with your soul ripped apart by two furious ghosts. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markeia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. Executive producer is Gail Gilman.